that's what we need to get people involved with. They say, I can actually make a difference and I can make a difference in Arizona, in Virginia, in Pennsylvania, in these places where if I flip two house seats, they suddenly cannot do this thing they're promising to do. That's very empowering. And I think people need to be empowered. Absolutely. Hello, and welcome to the Politics Girl podcast. I'm your host, Lee McGowan. Let's get into it. Today's pod is a candid conversation with Melissa Walker, head of Giving Circles at the States Project. A graduate of Vassar College, former magazine editor and author of 10 novels, Melissa has turned her many talents towards the States Project to change the balance of power in state legislatures across the country. The States Project believes the strongest force for change in America are actually our state legislatures. Over the past 40 years, Republicans have invested billions of dollars and focused energy to build and hold on to state governing majorities, while Democrats have focused most of their attention and money on national races. The Republicans' investment and strategic thinking has resulted in certain Republican state lawmakers having almost unchecked and absolute power, including the drawing of district lines, making it nearly impossible to vote them out. Their unwavering focus on the states is paying off tenfold. And if the Democrats don't turn this around, we will lose far more than what our children are taught in school, what books they're allowed to read, how we treat those deemed different, and the freedom to make our own healthcare decisions. We will lose democracy itself. Evidence shows that Trump's plan to steal the 2020 election relied heavily on state legislative majorities. And it might not have worked in 2020, but that won't be the case in 24. Democracy is literally on the line, and the states are our last line of defense. So to talk about what we can do about this, how we can fight back, what steps we can actually take to make a difference, we're going to talk to Melissa Walker about the States Project and how they see strategic focus on state legislatures as a winning strategy. Democrats might be late to this party, but we can throw a wrench in the whole Republican plan with focused attention on these state seats. Republicans have been more clever than us over the years, but it's about time we turn the tables. So without further ado, please welcome my guest today, author, editor, and head of Giving Circles for the States Project, Melissa Walker. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Now, thank you for joining me today. Honestly, I wasn't that familiar with the States Project until recently, but focusing on the states has been an issue that I'm really interested in because I think Democrats have really blown it on this front for years, and it seems like you guys kind of feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And I will be the first to admit that I, as a person, had blown it for years. I was someone who, in 2016, if you had asked me who my state senator was, I would have been like, um, I think Chuck Schumer, but he's my federal senator. And I have a whole different state senator who goes to Albany, but I had no eyes on it. And um, I was in that space, too. Yeah. Well, I think we can now see that the states have this incredible power, right? They have this power to to shape our lives. And to be perfectly honest, you're not alone. I think we all dropped the ball on this. You know, Republicans were clever and they focused on the states and fundamentally on the courts for decades while we were thinking about the presidency and national races. Um, and we kind of almost reinvented the wheel and started from scratch every four years. Every new presidential run, we'd like ramp it up again, whereas the Republicans have been kind of slowly chipping away um, for years. 
But clearly watching what's happening right now when we weren't paying attention and all these Republican-led states have now acquired this kind of obscene amount of power, um, who the governor is, who controls the state legislatures, who the secretary of state is. Um, the leaders change how we function and exist in our daily lives uh, far more than who our senator is in Washington, right? So from your perspective, why should people be turning their attention towards the states? Well, great question. And you're right about everything you said. I I went, I come from the world of children's book publishing. That's what I did before I started working in politics. But I was lucky enough to attend a publishing holiday party in December of 2016, where there happened to be a New York state senator speaking, Daniel Squadron. And the things that he said that evening just changed my entire perspective on everything because I started to realize that everything I was worried about under a Trump presidency and everything that I cared about was being decided in state legislatures, not in Washington, D.C., from healthcare to environmental policy to education funding to choice to the very core of our democracy, voting rights, and of course, gerrymandering, the drawing of the district lines that decide who goes to Congress and also who goes to state legislatures. And I started to realize that things that hadn't made sense to me, like the bathroom bill, which passed in my home state of North Carolina and broke my heart, that was lawmakers in Raleigh who did that. And the Stand Your Ground gun bill, which passed in Tallahassee in Florida and let Trayvon Martin's murderer go free. No, that was lawmakers in Tallahassee whose names I don't even know. And that bill then passed in 25 other states. And even thinking about like the Flint, Michigan water crisis, that's a Lansing problem, not a Washington, D.C. problem. And so I started to see that state capitals were these power centers. And all of those things happened under President Obama. When we were staring at Washington, D.C. and feeling good about the direction our country was headed in, but little did we know that from 2010 to 2016, Democrats lost nearly a thousand state legislative seats as we stared at Washington, D.C. And in those states where the right wing took majorities in state houses and state senates, they made people's lives bad. They defunded education. They gutted environmental protections. They did things that made people's lives bad. But people didn't say, oh, that must be my state senator. Let me go talk to them. They have an office on Main Street because people don't really know who their state legislators are. They blamed what they could see. They blamed the president and they hit a change button. So little did we know that the roots of Trumpism were being seated in state legislatures. And once I saw that, I couldn't unsee it. I read the news differently. And I started to understand that these are power centers that have been operating in darkness from the public, from their voters even, from accountability. And I started to connect the dots and shine a light there. And I gathered a bunch of people together, other children's book authors, and we started a giving circle to focus on state legislatures. I mean, that's what they say, right? If we want to move our country past this tyranny of the minority that we're living in, we need to start at the state level. And people don't understand because like you said, they don't know who their state representatives are. And if things are bad, you blame the president or you blame Congress. And often that's the entirely wrong person to be putting your focus on. Now, the state's project is clear that you believe that the states are the last line of defense for democracy in general, right? So can you walk me through that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So state legislatures, again, control all those kitchen table issues that we just kind of talked about. They also happen to control who goes to Washington, D.C. Um, through the drawing of the district lines that decide who goes to Congress, right? And they control voting laws 
for everyone in their state, which of course impacts national elections. So when there is voter suppression in a state, that impacts who can become president. And it's really important for us to recognize who holds that power. It is state lawmakers whose names you probably don't know. So that's important. And the other piece there is that there is clearly right now a right-wing attempt to steal the presidency in 2024 through something called the Independent State Legislative Doctrine, which hands the exclusive power to state legislative majorities to appoint slates of electors who will decide who to vote, who to put the electoral college votes for, regardless of the popular vote. And the truth is that this buildup of voter fraud shouts that these states are doing it is there to distract and to and to legitimize the idea that we saw some voter fraud. And so we're going to let our state legislature decide on these electors. And that is incredibly dangerous. And it is the end of democracy if it happens. And so 100%. you read a lot of doom and gloom articles about this. And it's it's it makes you want to lie down on a couch and put a blanket over your head because like, oh my gosh, what can we do? You know, the cokes are coming and there's dark money involved. And Jenny Thomas is talking to the Arizona state legislature. But here's the thing. What none of those articles do is light a path to action, but there's a path to action here and it's flipping state legislative majorities. Because if we right. shift one seat in either chamber in Arizona, we tie the balance of power and we stop this from happening in Arizona. If we shift three seats in Michigan, in the Michigan House, or two seats in the Michigan Senate, we tie those bodies and stop this from happening in Michigan. And so there is a path to action, and that's what we're working on lighting for people. There's a way to stop this. And in addition to stopping the steal in 2024, we are also really attempting to elect majorities that are going to improve people's lives, that are going to do things on issues that are going to make sure that their state preserves the right to an abortion for women in their state, because that is a really key thing. The other point I want to make is, if you care about the Supreme Court, you should care about state legislatures, because the Supreme Court doesn't write laws. They rule on laws that are coming out of state legislatures. It is a Mississippi law that is going up and is very likely to overturn Roe versus Wade, as we know. So it's this bastion of power. Yeah, no, I think people we I, I think people don't realize how lucky we got in 2020, you know, that enough people didn't drop the ball or the whole idea of nullifying votes felt too weird and shocking to people. Uh and it was just so poorly presented by the president's ridiculous legal team and the legislative leaders just ultimately didn't take it up. But it's not that it wasn't possible, it's just they weren't quite ready for it, right? But the right wing won't make that mistake again. They've been seeding the ground for this since that loss. You know, they've based their entire party on this idea of stop the steal. They're the ones that are actually trying to steal the election. And um, Barton Gelman, he's a uh, writer for The Atlantic who I just happen to love. He says that state Republicans, um, with the explicit support of their party leaders, have been building an apparatus for election theft. And like you said, we can either lie on the couch and put a blanket over our head or we can say, hey, man, I need to flip this one seat, those three seats, those two seats. That's all possible because it's a hell of a lot less expensive to flip a state Senate seat than it is to get a Congress member elected or get someone in the in the Senate uh, in Washington elected. And we can put our money and focus towards that. 
Yeah. Can I tell you my favorite sentence about this? I would love to know your favorite sentence. It is often cheaper to change the balance of power in a state chamber than it is to win a single competitive congressional seat. Congressional races cost millions and millions of dollars and state legislative races do not. They are still local. They are still small. They're one on the margins and people coming together and strategically targeting races is absolutely a huge strategic play. And we know there's going to be so much emotional giving that happens in 2022 here, there, and everywhere to different candidates who are getting the spotlight, who have a great ad, who are, you know, all over the news. And I will tell you that state legislative candidates are not going to be all over the news and they're not going to get a spotlight. And they're probably not going to have a great ad because a lot of them don't even go up on TV because these are still local races. But this is a very strategic place to put your political dollars if you want to see change. And I, we saw after 2020 that folks like, you know, Sarah Gideon in Maine, who ramped up a, um, a losing campaign against Susan Collins, she had $15 million left in the bank afterwards. And that was more than the state's project budget in all of our 12 states. And yeah. we know that people, people give that way. And it, it, it makes sense. It's emotional. But Giving Circles, which is something that the state's project run, I'm the head of Giving Circles there are a way for people to come together and provide a strategic path to giving for folks who want to get involved. And we know so many people want something to do, an action to take, and a way to get involved smartly for 2022. And I think strategy is the important thing. I think people want to know that their money is going somewhere efficient. And, you know, you mentioned Sarah Gideon. I always think of the Amy McGrath race. Um, You know, when people give their money, they want to know it's going to be useful and it's not going to be wasted and you're not going to end up with millions of dollars at the end and you're just kind of throwing random ads on television when you could have focused that money somewhere where it would have made a real difference, you know? And I think that we need to be smarter and more like you said, strategic about where our money's going, which seats can actually flip. I think it doesn't mean we ignore national races. We must be smart about national races. We need at least two or three more Senate seats and we need to hold the House. And if we can get more House members, wonderful. But don't throw a ton of money at a House seat that's never going to flip in, say, the middle of Wyoming. Instead, put it towards a state race in a in a flippable state. And I think the thing is you guys have been very specific about what states you're focusing on, right? Like the states project doesn't focus on every state in America. Right now I think you have about 18 states that you focus on, but you're actively raising in Arizona, Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Nevada, North Carolina and Pennsylvania. Can you tell me why you're focusing on those states? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are focused on states where we see a path to our goal. And our goal in each state is a little different. So we see a path to shifting power in those states. Some states, that means flipping the chamber. Some states, that means defending against a Republican supermajority. That's North Carolina and um, Nebraska. And what? some states, it means protecting a vulnerable Democratic majority. In all of the states that we have up on our site and that our giving circles are focused on, those are the states where we see a path to shift power and to achieve the goal that we need. Um, we do a 99 state chamber analysis. It's 99 because Nebraska is unicameral. Um, and we make sure that we know that there are seats that we need to protect and seats that we think can shift. And we know that we're never in deep red districts. We're never in deep blue districts. We're in those tipping point districts that will help us change the balance of power in the state capital. Because when we do that, 
that's when policies change and that's when lives improve. So we're incredibly targeted and focused on very specific districts in these states. Well, that's great. I mean, I wish we had done that for the past decade. You know, I I think you talk about we're not in deep red red states and we're not in deep blue places. Um, What about the states that aren't included? Is that because they're already deep blue or because they're completely lost? Because it can't be that they're you're writing off completely lost places because you have Mississippi on your list. So you can't be just writing everybody off. (laughs) Yeah, no. So when we focus on these states, we are looking at states where we see a path to shift power. That's where we are electorally. We don't ever want to leave any state behind. But we also know that we are in a moment where we want to be strategic and change the balance of power as quickly as possible in as many places as we can. And we will absolutely work to expand that map. And we consider it all the time. I believe we'll be adding a couple states to our list this year. But we know also that we have to target and focus and start shifting power. And I want to make the point that what happens in each of these states matters for everyone in all of our states. Because states are meant to be laboratories for democracy. They're meant to be marriage equality, going from state to state to federal, or healthcare, going from Hawaii to Massachusetts to becoming the ACA. And right now, states are too often laboratories for voter suppression bills and bans on choice and other other things that I don't even want to talk about. And so it is incredibly important to know that what happens in other states matters for all of us, that this is our country and that we care if, as happened a few years ago, Oklahoma defunds education so badly that the kids have four days of school. We care about those kids in Oklahoma. We care about good laws spreading, not bad laws taking over our states, like the stand your ground bills, like the bans on trans kids having health care. Those are things we do not want to spread. And we want to elect majorities that are focused on helping their states become laboratories for democracy, good policies that can rise up to the federal level. Yeah, because just like we're seeing this gun violence thing right now, it's contagious. One mass shooting leads to another mass shooting. And like you said, our states are supposed to be laboratories. We don't actually start a lot of laws at the federal level. They usually are tested in a certain state, and then they go to another state, and they go to another state, and then they become a federal law. That's how we've gotten most of our laws in America. Um, And like you said, when we have these leading red Republican states. We, we're we having more and more don't say gay laws. We're having more and more open carry laws. We're having more and more uh, anti-trans laws because those are the laws that are spreading. And we don't want that to happen. You know, that the GOP has this kind of stranglehold over a lot of state legislatures. In If we don't break that in some of the key swing states that you guys are focusing on, where things can actually be adjusted we're not going to have the democracy we think we have in the future. And in a lot of ways, I think you guys have said that the presidential election and where we're going as a country will be decided not in 2024, but this midterm election in 2022. Exactly. Well, it's a lot to think about. Let's take a break and do that with some messages from our sponsors. And then we'll be back with Melissa Walker from The States Project right after this. The Politics Girl podcast is sponsored by Calm. Something I love, but no one in their right mind would ever call me. Calm is an app. It has meditation and sound baths and sleep stories and white noise. And it would not be an exaggeration to say that I use the Calm app every single day. I do their meditations. I use their white noise to work. But every single night I go to sleep to a sleep story. 
I partnered with Calm because they're the number one mental wellness app, but also because it works so well to reduce stress and anxiety, improve focus, and really help you rest and recharge. There's even a section for naps that I use. It allows you to have a 20 minute nap and wake up refreshed and ready to get back to work. I honestly can't say enough about this app. If you are ready to stress less, sleep more, and live healthier, join the over 100 million people using Calm around the world. Just go to calm.com slash politicsgirl and you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. That's 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash politicsgirl. I'm not steering you wrong. I know you will love it. Our next partner is a product we use in our house literally every day, Athletic Greens. Our family started using Athletic Greens because we liked the idea of having better gut health and more energy and a better immune system. And honestly, we couldn't remember to take all the supplements and it was kind of boring and expensive to try. But the thing is, Athletic Greens really works. I'm not saying that because they sponsor the podcast. I'm saying that because having one scoop of Athletic Greens in water on an empty stomach every day just makes everyone feel so much better. It's got 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which I realized I didn't know what it meant, so I looked it up and it means a natural substance used to normalize and regulate the systems of the body. For less than your Starbucks latte, you get to make a huge investment in your health, and it's way cheaper than getting all those different supplements. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance for your body. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And don't kid yourself, flu season is still here. My son just had it and it was freaking brutal. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is gonna give you one free year of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash politicsgirl. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash politicsgirl to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate in daily nutrition. Politics Girl is sponsored by Little Passports. Little Passports is a globally inspired, award-winning kit that's delivered right to your door for your children. Each month, Little Passports sends an adorable kit full of play-based activities, interactive crafts, puzzles, games, stories to help your children have fun while they learn about the world around them. We used Little Passports for over two years when our son was little, but since we're starting this partnership, we wanted to check out how they had grown since then. Unfortunately, our teenager is no longer their target audience, so we got some boxes and we gave them to the kids across the street. They are seven and 10, and you should have seen them flip out over the things in these kits. Yep, Little Passports has still got it. Each kit contains activities that are perfect for the age and match to the interest of the child. They're a perfect gift for parents or grandparents, aunts and uncles, or even educators. Maybe you wanna give them to the kids across the street. Whoever you gift it to, you can choose month to month six months, or like my family did, a 12-month subscription, and you can stop anytime. For listeners of our show, Little Passports is offering new customers 20% off when you go to littlepassports.com slash politicsgirl. That's 20% off by going to littlepassports.com slash politicsgirl. There is nothing better than watching a child's imagination take off, and Little Passports is the runway. And we're back with Melissa Walker from the States Project talking about how we save 2024 in 2022. 
Now, Melissa, the co-founder and executive director who you said you first heard speak when you were still in children's book publishing, Daniel Squadron. He was a former New York state senator. He co-wrote the Senate majority leader Chuck Schumer's book, Positively American. Um, And he's the one that's saying that right-wing lawmakers in state capitals around the country are preparing to decide the 2024 presidential election in the midterms of 2022, right? So that the GOP knows that if they can just maintain control of the key state legislatures this November, then they can capture the White House in 2024, no matter what the voters actually vote for. So it's not an overstatement to say that the 2024 presidential election could effectively be decided in 2022. What's your thought on that? Yeah, it's um, it's incredibly important, and I think it's very scary and big and dark. Um, yeah, we are in um, three states specifically: Arizona, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, where it is very clear that the right wing is pushing the independent state legislative doctrine, which would let state legislatures exclusively have the power to send electoral college votes whichever direction they choose. It's based on a a wild interpretation of Article 2 of the Constitution, but unfortunately one that the current majority on the Supreme Court has indicated that they would uphold. So what we need to do really is work to shift power in those states in 2022, Arizona and Michigan especially, because 2022 will decide the majority that's in place during the presidential in 2024. Now in Pennsylvania, it's a little bit um, different because in Pennsylvania, they seat their newly elected folks ahead of the safe harbor deadline. So we actually have two bites at the apple, 2022 and 2024, to try to shift the majority in Pennsylvania. And in the Pennsylvania House, we need to flip 12 seats to take the chamber on better maps than we've had in a very long time. So we definitely see a path to doing that, and we're working very hard there. Yeah, and we need to make sure that the uh, governor isn't Mastriano, who's already said he's going to make all the plans and turn over all the electors to the Republicans. I mean, he was at the January 6th rally. The man is a true nightmare, and we all need to vote uh, Shapiro (laughs) in Pennsylvania. Um, Can I tell you what gives me hope in the face of all that darkness? Please tell me. Yes. (laughs) So something that gives me a lot of hope in doing the work at state legislature at the state legislative level, is that these are races that are won on the margins. They are won by 2,000 votes, 1,500 votes, 400 votes. I believe the closest race we've been involved in was won by 14 votes. So we know that there are ways to move this needle and that the funding that folks forming a giving circle with friends, family, their community can make a huge impact. And we know that if we can make sure that these tipping point candidates get a campaign manager, get a field director, have a team knocking on doors, themselves are knocking on doors. If we know that we can execute those research-based best practices, run a fully funded campaign, we give those folks a shot to win. And those are the districts we need to shift power in the Capitol. It's a small action that leads to a big wave. And it gives me so much hope to be working at that level because these races are still local. These races are still about the cracks in the sidewalk, about the softball field that needs more grass, about what's going on in people's communities and in people's home lives. And it's about candidates connecting with their voters in a small district that is not nationalized yet, that 
where people talking to people matters and can really win. And so it just, it gives me a lot of hope to bring it down to that level and understand that we're working at a real axis of power that has stayed local. And that it's something we haven't done for years that will be unexpected for the Democrats to get themselves together like this and fundraise and knock on doors and do the grassroots work that we hear about all the time, but for the state level, because that's where the change is really happening. And people want so much to know that they're making a difference, to know that the effort they put in and the money they put in is actually going to go somewhere. And you keep talking about giving circles, and you're the head of giving circles at States Project. So talk to me a little bit about what a giving circle is. Yeah, so giving circles are people joining together um, to with friends, family, neighbors, colleagues, and setting a goal for themselves to try to reach choosing one of our target states to support, and bringing people together to learn about state legislatures. So when folks start a giving circle, they get a page on our website, and they can name it and put a photo in and set a goal and come together and talk to people about why states matter. We hand them sample language, videos, podcasts like this one to explain what they're working on. And we also try to help people find their own story and tell their own story, because that is the most powerful thing for your friends and your communities, and also for the world. I'm a storyteller, and I think it's incredibly important for people to be really understanding why they care and why they got involved. So we always tell Giving Circle leaders, this isn't about you memorizing, you know, we lost a thousand state legislative seats from 2010 to 2016, or any of the facts that have, you know, that people talk about, or about knowing what the balance of power is in each state. It's not about that. It's knowing why you care. It's knowing why you filled out the form to start a giving circle and get involved. And when you bring that out into your community, people walk with you. And I have been amazed. I didn't know I could do this. I used to sit in the back of coffee shops writing books. Quietly, my inner introvert is like crying in a corner. And But I know that I have felt this is the most powerful thing I have ever done. This is the most impactful I have ever felt. In that first year in 2017, my Giving Circle worked with the States Project in Virginia. We supported 10 candidates, nine of whom won their seats. And the balance of power got so close in the House of Delegates, just one seat away from flipping, that Virginia expanded Medicaid the next year. And 400,000 people got health care who hadn't had it before. We were a Giving Circle, and we felt incredibly connected to that policy outcome. And we wanted to see more change. And so that's when I got together with Daniel Squadron, who had started the States Project. And I said, I want to meet all the other people who heard you speak and did this. And he said, oh, I mean, not that many people did. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think this resonates. And I was like, this resonates. This is the most impactful thing I've ever done. And so I started to go into coffee shops in Brooklyn and talk to people about, hey, let's keep postcarding. Definitely keep calling your representatives in Washington, D.C. Also, do you have 20 minutes to talk with me about state legislatures and how you could help flip a chamber? And people got involved. People got into it. People wanted to join us. And so we now have a Giving Circles program that helps anyone who wants to do this have this kind of impact. And in 2018, we went into North Carolina to help break a Republican supermajority, which was incredibly consequential for a Democratic governor who got his veto power back because of that. In Arizona, we helped flip four seats in the state house for the closest balance of power since 1966. We are one seat away from a tie and two seats away from a flip in deep red Arizona, a state that we think of as one that passes some of the most restrictive policies in the country. And, you know, in Maine in 2018, we went in with two giving circles and were able to change the balance of power in the state Senate. 
And we watched next year as in Augusta, they raised teacher pay. They expanded abortion access. They passed automatic voter registration. They passed environmental protections. They banned conversion therapy. It is incredible to watch how quickly policies change when state legislative majorities change. And one point that I really want to make in this week, which has been a tragic week for our country, in what has been a series of tragic weeks for our country, I really want to pull out the fact that there has been no movement on gun safety in the past decade in Congress. Every bit of movement has come from state legislatures who have majorities that believe in improving lives instead of destroying them. And this is where we can change policies at the foundations. I will tell you that I, looking through this lens of state legislatures for a few years now, understand that even when federal policies pass, they are implemented by state legislative majorities. So we can end up with something like the Affordable Care Act, which is a federal proclamation, a federal law. And we have states that haven't expanded Medicaid because they don't want to, because they have majorities that don't believe in doing that. We must change our country at the foundations. The way that we fund our elections is upside down. We are shining a chimney on a house that has crumbling foundations. State legislatures are unwieldy. They are harder to pay attention to. People don't know who their state reps are. We have to shine a light here and have a strategic path. And that's what we at the States Project try to bring to folks and to give them a way to plug in with their family, with their network, with their community. Because when we walk together, we not only are able to pool our resources in a strategic way, but we're also able to build community that creates resilience. And when something happens, like this shooting in Texas this week, we have seen our giving circles coming together and saying, I'm going to give $19 more this week for those 19 children. I'm gonna give $21 more for those 21 souls lost this week. And we see everybody having a path to action, knowing that they can make this change together. And it is a bomb for what is happening in our country. And it is not only a bomb, but it's a way to fight back and be in the arena. So that's what gives me hope. That gives me hope too, because honestly, if we wait for our national legislatures to do it, we're all going to lose our minds. You know, we, it, it feels like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And it's like, okay, what am I doing? And in this case, we can do something that is, that feels small and yet has such a big resonance. Because like you said, the country is obviously up in arms right now about the gun laws, right? And we see what happens at the state level if the gun laws are removed or put on. Uh, the difference between Texas and California, that kind of thing, right? But now we're also looking at the overturning of Roe v. Wade and knowing that our current Senate, with the Republicans refusing to even engage, they won't protect us from gun uh, violence, they won't protect our rights to our own body. So it's not going to happen at the federal level. Our protections are going to come from the state governments. They will protect us or they will leave us vulnerable. So this is what you guys are trying to get people to understand, right? The important role that these state legislatures have when we overturn Roe, when we see this gun violence. And that's what we need to get people involved with. They say, I can actually make a difference and I can make a difference in Arizona, in Virginia, in Pennsylvania, in these places where if I flip two house seats, they suddenly cannot do this thing they're promising to do. That's very empowering. And I think people need to be empowered. Absolutely.
Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Melissa. Um, I'm really quite fired up about this work, honestly, and I hope people can see how important these state races are to the country and to democracy's future in general. Now, if people want to help the state's project or join a giving circle and move forward with this and really feel like they're doing something, how can they do that? How can they sign up or hear more? Yeah, so folks can go to statesproject.org and there's a get involved button. They can click that. And when you start a giving circle, you choose a state from one of our list of target states. And then 100% of the amount you raise goes out the door to that state to support the candidates who we've identified as being the ones who can flip the districts that we need to take the majority or defend against a supermajority or defend a vulnerable majority. So you've already done the research and people can join in and pick their state and then they know that their money is being, their money and their time is being targeted towards something that could actually make a real difference. Exactly. But we really encourage folks to come in. We hand you the tools. We hand you the sample language. We hand you the videos to support so that all you have to bring is your heart and your passion and your people. And it's incredibly powerful. And I think that's the thing I say all the time. We have to be responsible for our people. We bring our people to the table. You know, there's so many people that want to make a difference and they don't know what to do. So they throw money at some election a week before it. And that's not how we make an actual difference. You know, you get your friends together, you pick a state that can actually change. You listen to what you guys are saying because you're giving them the direction. You've done the research, you've done the work, and we can actually make a difference. And so that's what we all have to go out and do. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks to the States Project for putting this together. And and I just wish you great luck. And I hope people will will look up what you're doing and, and join in the fight. Thank you so much. And thanks for all that you do to bring people hope and action, which is a very powerful combination. Yeah, it's about passion. We have to fix this, right? This is dead broken and we can't continue. Get in the ring, right? Absolutely. So that was Melissa Walker with the States Project. Clearly, if we want to protect voting rights, democracy, abortion access, all the rights that could fall like dominoes when Roe is overturned, we need more people to shift their attention and activism to the states. If we want to fix our country, we have to hold the House and add at least two Senate seats and then focus our funding and attention on the state races that will change how a state is run. The States Project does all that footwork for you. You can be in New York and help flip a Michigan House seat, or be in deep blue California and save our democracy from deep red Arizona state legislature. Midterm elections usually focus on who controls Congress. And yes, we still have to focus on the national candidates that can help flip a seat or hold on to one and talk to our friends and family about adding to the Senate. But we can no longer do that thing where we throw our money and time away on high profile, unwinnable races at the national level. We need to be smarter than that. And quite frankly, we have to play smarter than that. One seat in a certain state house could be the difference between bodily autonomy and a complete abortion ban. The right governor is the difference between open carry without a background check and a protected public. And a democratic state house or secretary of state can be the difference between democracy and unchecked minority power by Republicans who prefer we live with corporate Christian authoritarianism. We don't have a second or a dollar to waste. We have to get serious. The States Project has, and we have to help them. Now go out and make the world a better place. Thank you to Melissa Walker for joining us today and to you for caring enough about democracy to be here. Until next week, PG out. The Politics Girl podcast is written and performed by me, Lee McGowan, in partnership with the Midas Media Network and produced and edited by Happy Warrior Entertainment. All rights reserved.